Rudy Giuliani Show. Good afternoon, America. You're listening to the Rudy Giuliani Show. And thank you for uh, checking in with us. Uh, today, we'll be doing our final thoughts at the end of the show. And we really want you to stick around for them because I think there are going to be some very, very thoughtful comments about something we have to really start getting much more serious about. But let's start off with what certainly in New York, but I think in the country, was the main story of the day, which kind of was the, was the fulcrum around which a number of other police attack stories occurred tragically. Uh, let's let's listen to the let's listen to some of the music from the beautiful ceremony that was conducted at St. Patrick's just a few hours ago. Well, this was this funeral was quite beautiful, and of course quite sad. It's very hard to describe a police funeral. It's a contradiction in a way. It's a grand and beautiful uh, ceremony, religious ceremony, uh, to, uh, to, reflect, to reflect the fact that the police officer not only died um, under heroic circumstances, but uh, as a Christian, uh, is and believer in Jesus Christ will be uh, will be greeted in heaven, and uh, the last words of the mass, which became so famous way back before most of you were born, and that was the memorial mass, the requiem mass for John Kennedy at St. Matthew's Cathedral in uh, 1963 when he was assassinated by Lee Harvey Oswald. Cardinal Cushing, who had an enormously strong Boston accent, said these words, and and to me, uh, these words tell you everything about the, about the, basic theology of the Christian religion, but the poetry is magnificent. Uh, The the celebrant of the Mass, in this case, uh, Cardinal Dolan, the the principal officiating priest, pronounces these words. It's the in paradisum in, um, in Latin, but I'll read it to you in English if you don't mind. And I think you'll recognize it. You've heard it often enough in so many Masses. May the angels lead you into paradise. May the martyrs welcome you upon your arrival and lead you into the holy city of Jerusalem. May a choir of angels welcome you, and with poor Lazarus of old, may you have eternal rest. Now, um, that's, that's a prayer the prayer with, with unbelievable uh, dimension and uh, unmeasurable un, un dimension, isn't it? It's the prayer and the basis for the theology of the Christian religion, which is that there is life uh, beyond the life that we as limited human beings are able to perceive. 
and that uh, that that life is with God and uh, the triune God, God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. That's that's the Mass they were celebrating today at St. Patrick's Cathedral, similar to the Mass celebrated on Saturday for for now Detective Mora's partner, uh, um, Jason's Mass was equally beautiful. I'd say the only difference between the two Masses, hmm, might very well be that this was, this did not verge over into the political quite as much, quite as much as the original, you know, the, the, the first, the first of the two masses. Uh, the, the um, Jason the R- Rivera's mass included a, um, a, 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 a eulogy from his wife, which in two sentences really shook up the whole, the whole city. And those sentences revolved around the fact that the district attorney in Manhattan does not seem to be offering police protection and is putting them in a very, very dangerous position. It had been predicted before this happened, and then it happened, and she uh, clearly threw the uh, challenge that uh, Mr. Rivera's uh, statements about minimizing criminality, no more than 20 years in jail, letting people out on bail, letting people out on bail for what appear to be exceedingly serious crimes, has, wherever it's been practiced, led to massive increases in crime. And here we're doing it in a city that already has massive increases in crime. And the best indication that it's true are the Comstat numbers, which show in the first four weeks of Mr. Adams' mayoralty, We've had a, a, a 40% increase in crime. We've had an increase in almost all forms of violent crime. So something is clearly going wrong. In this particular shooting, i remind you of the facts. They're not terribly complicated. Uh, there was a call. The call was from the mother of the, of the perpetrator. Uh, she said that he was causing problems, that he was causing big problems. Uh, that she needed the help of the police for herself and for her younger son. Uh, And therefore, these three police officers, in response to that, set off on the mission. And when they arrived, the mother and son, the younger son, were in the outer, let's call it living room, if I have it envisioned correctly. And they said that, well, the mother said that, the son was inside. The other son was inside the in, inside the bedroom, and uh, I'm not sure about this, but I'm pretty certain they were also informed that he, he was holding these two girls. Uh, he was holding two girls kidnapped. So the two older police officers, uh, Officer Mora and Officer Rivera, older meaning one was 27 and the other was 22, went in. And as soon as they entered, we don't know exactly what happened inside, but uh, LaShawn McNeil, 
who was the perpetrator, began shooting a Glock that he had configured with a with a with a uh, release uh, chamber that allowed it to be used really as an automatic weapon. And he very quickly disposed of the two police officers. As he was leaving, the police officer left behind, who was the younger one, still a probationary police officer, took out his gun, uh, shot McNeil. Uh, the thought was that he was dead. Now there's some, some talk of his being alive. And uh, then, you know, he was thought of as dead first. Then, they, then he was alive, and he, 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 he functioned for some time, and then he died. So, excuse me for the confusion, because I was confusing him with, with uh, an unfortunate confusion. We have two totally different people. I was confusing him with Wilbur, who did stay alive for quite some time, three or four days, even though his wounds were very poor. That gave some hope that he was going to live. Not sure there was ever really much hope. But a lot of the reason why he was kept alive is because he gave up his organs and he saved five lives. Isn't that remarkable? So during the eulogy, the inspector, his inspector was able to say about him, uh, he not only saved lives in the in the shootout situation, but he saved lives independent of that, with his very very generous donation of his uh, of, of of his kidneys. So we're talking about really here a major heroes. The problem is, and although this this uh, 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 second funeral, the Mora funeral, in uh, distinction to the to the earlier uh, Rivera funeral uh, was less political in nature. But there was a rather powerful statement made by, made by um, Mora's sister in Spanish entirely, so it wasn't understood clearly at the time that it was said uh, at the time and what she basically what she basically said in Spanish, and even if you know just a bit of Spanish, you can you can uh, you can pick this up. And what she basically said was that um, when is this going to stop? You know, when is this going to come to an end? Uh, which is really. Uh, uh, a, a somewhat indirect attack on a system that's not on a system that's not working, and when you combine that with the when you combine that with the off-duty rookie uh, police officer that was uh, shot in Queens on Tuesday night, and um, and the two officers that were killed again on Tuesday night at Bridgewater College in Virginia. And we're not nearly at the end of the day. This isn't just a set of random, of random observations. There is an assault going on on police officers, and we would be foolish to be ignoring it. And I think the city is doing all that it can to try to regroup and get itself ready get itself ready for this, 
this was handled the way you would normally handle a situation like this. Uh, when I say this, I'm talking about the original case that was, you know, the s- subject of uh, the, f- the, the funeral today. And um, unfortunately and, tra- and tragically, uh, somebody had the idea it would be really hard to prosecute this case if you pulled away the if you if you pulled away the key the key evidence so i mean the main the main thrust of all this you can't go into evidence in each one of them but the key thrust here is this is getting to be an extraordinarily large number of police shootings they are definitely and and many of them at the funeral today made that statement to me they feel like they're in a shooting gallery and uh, people are paying a few bucks to get a chance to shoot at, uh, shoot at them. And um, let's take a, 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 a short break. And remember, I'm Rudy Giuliani with Common Sense. We'll uncover the truth and get to a solution. You're listening to the Rudy Giuliani Show. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Eric Adams is impressed with where he is. And the job in front of him is way too big for him. That's my fear. But comments like that, Joe Biden's my guy, say to me, this is who this guy is. Yeah, he's a media darling. Maybe morphing into a schmuck Schumer media whore. I hope not. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Weekday morning, 6 to 10. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Uh, Back uh, with you. And you can chat with the mayor on 1-800-848-9222. And we've got, sure, have plenty to talk about, of course, the police shootings, which, as I said, uh, we're going to have to start keeping a chart of it, which is really terrible. I thought maybe maybe this comment might set a tone for it, give you an idea of what the police are going through. I spent a lot of time talking to them today because... I thought, the, I thought the funeral was at 9 o'clock this morning, so I got ready for a funeral at 9, and of course it wasn't until 10, so myself and uh, my, my son Andrew went with me, and, and, uh, and Bo Wagner, uh, and we had quite some time to talk to a lot of the police, uh, police officers, and uh, I wouldn't say, you know, it's hard to ever say a New York City police officer is panicked, I mean, they're not, they're tough guys, they're exactly what they should be. They're the most decent people you're ever going to meet. But uh, maybe if we go to, um, maybe maybe if we, um, I'm trying to think that, um, hmm, I wonder I wonder if there's a good, yeah, I'd like to uh, try cut two from uh, Kenneth Corey who's the chief of the department. Now, chief of the department is the number one uniformed officer in the police department. So this is a very, very high position. Only uh, the commissioner is higher. They're angry because there are so many guns in the street and there's no consequence for people who are carrying illegal guns. That you've got career criminals in possession of illegal guns, assault rifles, high-capacity magazines, they're putting themselves in danger every day to go get these guns off the street. And yet the same people that they're arresting are back out walking the street and all too often now using the guns against them. Well, I mean, I, I think the point is that things are out of control. And we could illustrate that in a hundred different ways. We could illustrate that about New York. We could illustrate that about uh, St. Louis. We could illustrate that about Los Angeles, where I was 
uh, just there for a while, and I'd been to St. Louis before that. Uh, this, 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 this. We can't turn our back on this. This has to be. This has to be confronted. Now, here's a really sad thing. There is no doubt that this crime wave that we are going through is one that we created. We created it. It started beginning the 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 the. the, the the increase in crimes, if you're a statistical expert and you want to watch it, started a little before pandemic. So some of those elements were, were, were in there affecting it right from the beginning, but the pandemic just skyrocketed it. And, and, I, knew, and I knew that it would because, um, well, I mean, things were done like giving up a police precinct. You give up a police precinct, and uh, there also were quickly – People let out of jail, uh, certain crimes now kind of being ignored. So it got, really got out of control in 2020. And the increase in homicide higher than it had been in a very long, long, long uh, period, uh, period of time. So when we got into 2020, where a lot of our focus was off that, it really aided in pretty historic increase in crime all throughout America, but particularly in Democrat cities. So when we get back, we will discuss that and we'll get to the calls. The financial fallout from COVID-19 is about to hit home. To pay for mountains and federal aid, the government has printed massive amounts of money, dramatically weakening the U.S. dollar. According to some of the biggest minds on Wall Street, your money is about to hit a wall. That means inflation, reduced purchasing power, and a shrinking portfolio. Mass money printing is a currency killer, and China could not be happier. Call now for a free copy of The Dollar's Last Stand. Learn about debt cycles, hyperinflation, and the dollar's expiration date. Yes, there is one. Most importantly, see if you qualify to trade your dollars for gold with an instant $5,000 gold credit. Call 1-888-204-2141. The Chinese virus has crushed the American dollar. Please don't. With you on the Rudy Giuliani Show, and we've got so many things to cover. Uh, I mean, the, the police situation, the, the attack on the police, the disrespect growing and growing and growing means that we have got, we have got to have some leadership in this country that takes control of this. And this would have to be the president because this is not New York. It's not Philadelphia. It's not Los Angeles. It's not uh, uh, Chicago. It's not Philadelphia. It's all of them. All of them undergoing, in their own way, significant crime increases, including in the area of violent crime. And I would, I would be very, very uh, solicitous of going through that because you've got to get a sense of what's going on here if you want to, if you want to fight it and you want to stop it appropriately. And uh, it just, it, it, it. Um, I'm sorry. I mean, this is something we just can't turn our back on, otherwise we're going to have a lot of, of, of innocent, uh, decent young people wiped, wiped out. The, um, the, the, I think maybe the words are, the words of Pat Lynch might, might help here, and that would be uh, cut 13. Too many times you're reading the front page of the newspapers and there's still folks standing up trying to demonize New York City police officers. 
Well, we're all standing here saying it's time for action. Uh, really, I mean, there's a lot left out of that. The action, uh, action has to be to start arresting the people who have the illegal guns. And a form of stop, question, and frisk has to be reinstated by this new plain clothes that really aren't plain unit. The plain clothes unit identified as police officers. I think maybe uh, the commissioner wants to go back and think about that. I sure hope he does, and I hope he's not so stubborn to admit, particularly in the first couple of days, that you get things confused, you get them mixed up. Uh, This unit uh, works really, really well that way, and it was a functioning unit that was more responsible for reduced crime and reduced homicides and helping to make the city the safest large city in America than any any one thing. And he had the right intention of putting it back, and then politics intervened, and he put that silly condition on it. If he keeps doing that, we're finished. We're just completely finished. He has got to be tough. Eric, you got to be tough. Tough. Which gets us to tomorrow. Tomorrow, he doesn't get to see Pucks Tony Phil. He gets to see <clears throat> his neighbor, Joe Biden. Pucks Tony Phil hangs out in the hole, and Joe hangs out in the basement. But he's, Joe, Joe has got to realize that the situation here is nationwide. And it comes about because he has jurisdictions with district, district attorneys and even worse, pro, uh, prosecuting attorneys, those who sing in the choir or lead the singing, who have very, very serious records as, left, as very, very left-wing uh, 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 producers of content. So let's, let's, I mean, let's be very, very careful when we watch this and we watch what he's saying. Tomorrow's meeting with the president is critical. It's critical that Adams be prepared for that and not the half measures. We can't have it. Plain clothes unit, you know, that has a badge. We can't have uh, an unwillingness to take on uh, 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 the DA. We just can't. I mean, we just can't. We can't have that. Alvin. Alvin Bragg is at the core of. I'd say 80% of what spiraled out of control starting on January 3rd. That could have been stopped in its tracks if he had done what I would have done or if he had done what I recommended, and that is to hold the press conference immediately and say, no how, no way, go back and change it. If you want to talk for a little bit, we'll talk. But let's get this changed by tomorrow because you cannot make the laws. I mean, if, if, if he, needs, he needs some legislature to pass this. Let me try this one more time so you understand the gr- grievous nature of what Alvin Bragg has done. And don't accept any of the euphemistic bull that's being put out there. They use the word prosecutorial discretion. Prosecutorial discretion means... 
that you cannot prosecute a case because it isn't serious enough, because there's injustice involved in it. person is guilty, but it isn't a serious enough crime. The person is guilty, but it's an old person who's going to make a mistake and maybe, and maybe uh, 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 re- re- return it for something else. So what, we're, what, we need, what we need to do here, we, we have got to make sure that these conditions that Alvin Bragg has put on whether you can prosecute a case uh, and get the maximum sentence, and the maximum sentence is 20 years, by the way, nothing beyond 20 years. So we've got police killers, 20 years? Terrorists, 20 years? That starts off being a little ridiculous. But even worse than that, at the, at the, at the front end, criminals have a good prospect of going free for assaulting a police officer, for assaulting with a gun. Uh, they, they, these are things that have to be prosecuted if you, want a safe, if you want a safe city. So tomorrow's meeting with Biden is critical. It cannot be happy, slappy, slappy on the back. No, you know, uh, this is great Democratic president, Democrat. We don't have time for that. We're a city in crisis we're a city in crisis, and we need someone to take control of it. And the mayor has lost, already quickly, has lost control of it. So it's time now to take it back. And, uh, and it has to be done, you know, it's going to have to be done rather, rather abruptly. I mean, really, really quickly. Because um, time is running out. Let's let's uh, let's give a try to Rich. Hey, Rich, you got a question for us? Rich, I guess we lost Rich. So we're gonna go to one of my favorite people. I'm gonna let him introduce himself. I'll just give you a little hint. He's from Hackensack. Hey, Rudy. Who is this? Who is this? I can't guess. Who is it? I can't guess. Rudy, as you know, I've been trying to go. I'm glad to get you on the show Sunday, and I tried on Monday, and then I picked up, and I tried yesterday. Uh, The other day, I picked up a bombshell off the grapevine at the federal VA that so far the U.S., the United States Department of Veterans Affairs has covered up. But I'm going to get to that in a minute. This is going to, I hope you're sitting down and you have a safety belt on. And by the way, your screening deserves a raise. Here it is. Pardon me, who, who does? My screener? Your screener, yes. Yeah, I agree. Now, They're great, aren't they? Yeah. They are great. Let me hit you with these facts. Just the facts, ma'am. Joe Friday, Dragnet. All right, Joe, done. let's go. Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts, sir. All right, here we go. First of all, Whoopi Goldberg has been an anti-Semitic, anti-Christian, anti-Catholic, anti-Italian, anti-American. Wow, uh, that's a lot of anti's. What's she for? Herself and uh, and the bums in the black race. Now, get a look at this. Joy Behar, no joy in her. She she was allegedly a teacher for 30 years. I'm sure she's one of the teachers you mentioned who teach American students to hate America. 
she's a 35-year teacher, and she didn't know that it was all about race, that the Nazi rats, thank God we beat them. Your father, your uncles, God rest their souls, beat them. My people beat them. And the point I'm making is that she, she must have known that it was about race. Now, get well, I don't know how I don't know how you miss it when that's the way Hitler referred to the Jewish people as a race. He said, "I'm going to exactly. eliminate the Jewish race," so he could include the Ashkenazi and exactly. uh, the uh, the European Jews, and you know, very, very. He wanted to he wanted to just get rid of all the Jews. Mm-hmm. Now, get a load of this. Where's Buttock? Uh, where's Butts? Where's Maddox? Where's Mason? Where's Al Sharpton? Where are these big mouth racists? Why weren't they at those funerals of those our two who are the, uh, New York's finest? God rest their souls. God uh, come to their families and God thrust in the hell the evil that per- the evil that perpetrated it. Where were they? And get a load of this, Rudy. Where was uh, where is brainless Biden? Where is brainless Biden? And where is Camilla Harris, Harlan Harris? Where are they? He's going to be in New York tomorrow, Rudy. Why couldn't he? Well, if he doesn't get lost, if he doesn't get lost, he could get lost. Care about uh, police? He doesn't care about the military. He's a freaking crook. And if you were still as a federal attorney, you would be prosecuting. If he wasn't president, you would be prosecuting him because he's a bigger crime family than the Corleones. (laughs) He's definitely bigger than the Corleones because they were fictional. But I, yeah, no, he's a big. There's no. I don't. I'm. I'm. I shouldn't joke around about this. It's, it's a Friday, so you get a little. Uh, the reality is, this is the, one of the most serious, damaging things that's ever happened to our country. The election of this man. I don't. I don't know. You know all the secrets of history, nor to you or anyone else. But I can't think of a president whose corruption anywhere matched this. This. This is based on the statements of his son. At least a 30-year-long arrangement to extort money out of people who needed help with the government. And then it turned into money from foreign governments to help them. And all the things that went through to get this going have been put in place over the last... 20 to 25 years you may be able to trace this back to the weathermen and um and uh you know the the uh, the black power groups that existed in the 1970s and 1980s that were dedicated to killing police officers some of their uh operatives who were very very unwisely uh pardoned by uh by uh well some some of them by Clinton and some of them by Obama. I mean, they are heavily involved in having formed Black Lives Matter. So it's a direct, it's really a direct, it's really a direct result of that, of that, of that conspiracy. When we get back, I'm going to be bringing you the mayor's final thoughts. I'm Rudy Giuliani with Common Sense. We'll uncover the truth and get to a solution on the Rudy Giuliani Show. Listen to Rudy Giuliani every weekday at 3.55 p.m. For the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, Mayor's Final Thoughts. Rudy gives his insightful, most candid, and important final thought of the day on topics affecting our community, our nation, and you. The Mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. 
The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Mayor's Final Thoughts. Weekdays at 3.55 p.m. Back with with you. And uh, to remind you of something you should have done quite some time ago. So I'm going to give you a chance to make it up to me, okay? Run, walk, honor. Tunnel the Towers 5K run and walk in New York City retraces FDNY firefighter Stephen Siller's final footsteps on September 11. The event pays homage to the fallen. What began with 1,500 people in 2002 is now one of the top 5K events in America with about 35,000 people taking part each year in Lower Manhattan on the last Sunday in September. Almost always a beautiful day, by the way. That single event has now inspired more than 70 runs, walks, and climbs in different cities, plus dozens of more golf outings and barbecues across the vast United States. Proceeds from these events support the Foundation's programs. Tunnel to Towers carries forward a legacy of courage and heroism by honoring our country's military and first responder heroes. People who are willing to die protecting our country and our communities, and my goodness, we've been seeing an assault on them. I don't know, it's probably been a worse time, but it's hard for me to remember. Register for an event in your area. Volunteer to start one and join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2T.org, and get ready to participate in the runs, the walks, the golf tournaments. I chair the golf tournament in New York if you want some kind of special deal. I'm not sure Frank will give you one, but we'll see. Okay. But let's. And now. It's time for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, Mayor's Final Thoughts. Well, I have a podcast out um, right now, and the podcast concerns a very, very, uh, I would say, a very illustrative case of why we're in the position we are in today and how the bail laws uh, have put us there. The bail laws that Governor Hochul refuses to change, despite uh, entreaties now from almost everyone, including Mayor Adams. So this case is a case that goes back to 2018. And a, uh, a man named Hasten Carrera, who was um, a man with a background in the military, a veteran, uh, about 37 years old at the time, and he was visiting his father in Harlem. And without getting into all the details of it, a fight emerged involving his father. He intervened in the fight in order to stop it. He was 35 years old at the time. And there were involved in the fight against his father, who was a rather rather big man, is a rather big man. His father survived. Uh, the father was being, uh, uh, in essence, uh, slapped around, uh, beaten or whatever, by two brothers, a sister, their sister, and a fourth man. And um, Hasten came to the 
came to the rescue. And during the course of the rescue, he was knifed four times originally, if I'm correct, possibly five times originally. And then, when, and his father was hit over the head with a machine of some kind, which rendered him unconscious. And at that time, they started stabbing Hasten. So Hasten retreated. He ran away. And b- believe it or not, the uh, gentleman was still rather uh, involved in kicking and hitting and stabbing his father. Uh, so therefore, they let him kind of run. The female, Mary Saunders, ran after him to not let him get away. And uh, she was, and she, and in the running, which wasn't very far, maybe a block or a block and a half, he tripped, unfortunately, and it allowed the uh, male, whatever you want to call these people, they had done their damage to DiMaggio. Now they were going to do their damage uh, to to him, and now they stabbed him. I, well, he was stabbed altogether eleven times. His father was stabbed twelve times, but his eleven led to his death. His father survived and survives today. And they are and they are going and they are going to trial. But here's the worst part of it. No, this isn't the worst part of it. We've already told you the worst part of it, the murder. But here's one of the things about the law that has to get you upset. And it has to change. And what it is is that Mary Saunders is out on bail. Originally, bail was set at something like $750,000. The judge reviewed the tape. There's a tape of this whole thing. The judge reviewing the tape made comments like, the evidence is very substantial. It's very, very clear that she has significant exposure in this case. And despite that, he kept progressively reducing the bail until it got to something like $20,000, which she was able to reach, and she is now out on bail, awaiting trial that I think was scheduled for February and now has been put on. This is the kind of thing that's going on every single day all over America because of the Soros DAs. So let's make sure that we... Focus now on these final thoughts sponsored by Tunnel to Towers because it's going to be the basis of the investigation that we do about the Soros DAs and how they are ruining the criminal laws across the United States and are the primary cause of this crime epidemic, which is getting worse and worse and worse. That's why I'd like you to make sure you stay tuned to the final thoughts each day because they give us the action item, the final thoughts sponsored by Tunnel to Towers. Now, you have a great week. You you make sure now that you uh, come back tomorrow. Uh, I was was hoping this was the weekend, but not yet. I am taking a trip tomorrow, but we'll be on. We'll be on. And we will be talking about all the issues that are coming up. I look forward to it. And remember, wake up tomorrow morning and say, thank God I was born in the United States of America or I live here. 
Either way, I'm a lucky person. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 